Thanks. Thank you. Um, good morning. My name is Allah, and I would like to talk to you today about publishing on the web. So imagine uh, publishing on the web right when the web was born. So a web page would look something like this. You would have titles, links, sidebar, um, search functionality, and all of this you would like to have on every page. Um, it's quite tedious to rewrite it all the time, so this is why we have content man management systems, right? Um, they simplify web publishing quite a lot. So uh, titles, menus, breadcrumbs, they're all generated for you. And when WordPress was born 16 years ago, um, out of this desire to simplify publishing on the web, um, they also added a a function called Autopy, because I still need to rewrite every single paragraph tag in this content. But I just, sorry. <laughs> so I would, auto, so I would auto, it would auto, automatically wrap every line of uh, text separated by two line breaks with paragraph tags. This was before any visual editors existed on the web. Um, it was even before Markdown was born. And I see this a bit as the first step towards visual editing. So this simplified web publishing a little bit, but you would still have to write other HTML like links, images, other formatting. So it's still not easy to read this text, and uh, it still looks a bit like code. A year later, a visual editor called TinyMC was born, and WordPress included it into the CMS, and it would, like th would look like this. And everything was well, at least for a while. So how did this visual editor work? Well, it used a browser API called Content Editable. It's really cool. You can just add this uh, attribute to any HTML tag, and it would uh, make everything editable inside it. You can even put it on the body elements, and your whole page becomes editable. Um, you can literally put anything inside it. It's really magic. But this API had no specification. It was just something Internet Explorer 5.5 included, and it was later taken over by other browsers. Every browser implemented it a bit differently. So everyone had their own opinions about how it should work. Should Enter create a paragraph tag or a line break tag? Should it create a diff tag? Should it depend on the context screen? Should Backspace delete a selected image? Or should it delete an entire uh, figure tag? What should happen with the caption? Um, what happens if you press the ball command? Should the browser insert inline styles? Should it create a B tag or a strong tag? Another problem is that any visual representation of your content has an infinite amount of DOM forms. So there can be invisible spend tags, invisible characters like non-breaking spaces, nested elements. You can even split a tag into multiple pieces, and you wouldn't see it. So you literally don't see what you're doing. And this DOM content becomes your source of truth. So selection has the same problem. Let me quickly show you. So if I select this text, 
did I select the paragraph contents, or did I select the whole paragraph, or did I select the entire block quote? The visual representation is very ambiguous. And here we have a link. Um, if you have an insertion point, you cannot really tell if the insertion point is inside or outside a link. You have no choice where to insert. And finally, um, when you have non-editable areas inside editable areas, uh, it's very buggy across browsers as well. And this is an essential building stone for more complex editors. So I think we can agree that content editable is a bit of black magic. Um, you can put anything inside it, and you don't know what will happen. It's a bit of a black box. And what will come out is HTML soup. So we don't want to build an editor onto such complex foundations. Slowly, writing on the web became more chaotic. And content editable was not the only thing to blame. The WordPress editor also had some design problems. Brave plugins would try to build things on content editable and TinyMC. Um, other plugins would create shortcodes for more complex things. So this would create even more codes and even more ever-presence. Some plugins would even give up on the visual editor entirely and put uh, custom boxes outside the editor. They would do it all differently, so different colored buttons, different size models, each more bigger and bigger to grab your attention. So I would call this spaghetti UI. It's a bit like spaghetti code, but turn in the UI. And in comes Gutenberg. It took us quite a while to build aspects because we had to take all these plugins into consideration. With Gutenberg, we wanted to create an editor from the ground up. We wanted publishing on the web to become effortless, and we wanted to end the content editable mess. We also wanted to create consistency in the UI. This was also an opportunity for WordPress to introduce JavaScript more seriously into the community. So how did we do this? Um, everything becomes a block. So paragraphs, images, headings, embeds. And this might sound a bit simple, but it's important to think about a writing experience as something fluid. So it's not immediately obvious in terms of UI and in terms of uh, in terms of an extension mechanism. It is in HTML, though. HTML has block-level elements, and we would like this uh, underlying structure to shine through. So first, let's have a look at how we save this content. Even though the editor state is uh, an object tree, a tree of blocks, we don't want to save it as JSON or shortcodes or some custom markup. We still want to save it as HTML. Saving as HTML ensures that the data is portable. It works everywhere. And we don't want the user to be locked into our system. Also, HTML is a bit of the, also, it doesn't need any logic to render the page. So if a plugin disappears, the content will still be there. The page can still render. HTML is quite a bit of a lower language of the web. Um, but we need a markup to carry more meaning. Think about a table, for example. 
It can be used for, well, a plain table, a plain table block or a calendar block. So we decided to use HTML comments to describe and to separate these blocks. They are syntactically very different from HTML. So the, our block parser doesn't need to know HTML. And outside of this block editor context, these comments will just disappear. It also makes it possible to have, well, here you see an example of a, of a block, a calendar block. And it also makes it possible to create dynamic blocks, so blocks that rely on some external data to render, like advertisement or a photo album. WordPress really values backwards compatibility, and we want to respect existing content. So content outside of these block delimiters are put in a sort of fallback block. Um, and a fallback block is actually the entire old editor inside a block. If you do not wish to, new, to use a new editor or you just want to keep on writing in HTML, it's possible. You can just use this one block. This shows how robust the block system is. Each block is an isolated container. The block parser can recover from any invalid HTML because it doesn't need to parse it. HTML parsing errors are isolated on the block level. The same for JavaScript errors. So we use React error boundaries to catch the errors and to display them inside the blocks. So if any plugin creates an error, it's no problem for the entire editor. And finally, since we don't use continental on the entire, on the entire block list, uh, we don't have to worry about the, block, about the browser messing the markup up. So now some new things about the editor. Um, we have placeholders. So if you're writing a text, you can just uh, insert the image placeholders, keep on writing, and fill in the blanks later. Um, also, together, these placeholders can form templates. So if a user doesn't really know how to create a more complex layout, they can rely on templates created by uh, themes or plugins to insert on and then also fill in the blanks. For example, here, that's an example from Amnesty International. Uh, if you'd like to reuse a piece of content, you can uh, make a block reusable and use it on every page, every other page. So any update, update to this block will reflect on all other pages. So in the background, this is actually a dynamic block. Um, so the editor is quite simple to extend. People have created drawing blocks, form blocks. Uh, you can even put a whole code editor inside the editor. And here you can see it's like a block that someone created in 137 lines of JavaScript. Finally, it's much easier to discover features. Before, people wouldn't know how to paste a YouTube URL. That pasting a YouTube URL would automatically embed the video. Now this YouTube block is part of the block list, so it's, it's easier to discover, and it's also searchable. Uh, in the future, we'd like to hook this up on the, the plugin directory. And so if you search for a block and you, it's not installed locally, you will get some suggestions to install uh, plugins, and you can install it right in the editor. This is to eliminate some uh, dead ends in the user experience. Now, what about rich text? 
we still want to write inside these blocks, right? So to quickly kickstart development, we put TinyMC inside a rich text component inside React. But we knew that eventually we wanted something more, something lighter and something more integrated. So because we, we had like React UI and it didn't need to handle things like paste and uh, block level interactions. And on top of that, we also wanted some custom features. For example, uh, format boundaries. So here you can see that you have a link. And with a, with a left and right arrow keys, you can navigate inside and outside of a link. So this makes it easier if you want to start something inside or outside. And you can try this in any other editor. It's not really possible. Try it in Google Docs, for example. So we decided to, to build our own rich text components. And guess what to use for that? Content Editable. Content Editable just gives you a lot of stuff for free. Uh, it just works in other languages like Arabic, Japanese. Out of the box, it's accessible, it resizes. And native UI just works. For example, if you shake your phone to undo what you've written, or if you want to use the formatting buttons on a touch bar of a MacBook. So Content Editable is actually quite good at text level editing, just not at anything else. So our component, so in our component, we want to control the state. And we separated text and formats. Uh, this makes it much easier to manipulate the data instead of having a, a tree of formatting elements. You have all the normal string, string methods you can use, and you also have some, uh, some extra formatting-related functions. So how does this work? Well, for example, if you have a, an editor, um, you have a universal keys like enter, delete, arrow keys. So we create a new object from the previous old object with the helper functions, and then update it on with a different algorithm, pretty much like React works. But for inputs, uh, we have to look at the DOM, create an object, take the content out of there that we need, and then again update the DOM. We can sync it if the browser does anything strange in there. The RichX component is also extensible, so uh, it's possible to run, run content through transformations on inputs. For example, here you can see if you type backtick text backtick, it can automatically transform to a quote tag. It's also possible to add custom, custom formats, things like autocomplete, annotations. You can even do content checking, like content analysis or spell checking. And it's much easier to impl implement because the state is separated from the DOM. Finally, the blocks are tied together. The blocks and rich text are tied together with uh, explicit interactions. This is to ensure a good writing flow. So if you want to split the blocks, you can still use enter. If you want to merge, you can use delete because it shouldn't feel too blocky, right? The difference is, is that these blocks interactions are done by us, not by the browser. So this editor we built is super versatile. You can use it for documents, static pages. There's even people using the editor to create AMP stories. Uh, other CMSs are also adopting it, like Drupal. And actually, I've made this whole slideshow in Gutenberg as well. So I'll quickly show you and exit the page. 
added presentation. So here you can see that every slide is a block, and there's blocks in, nested inside those slides, so headings, paragraphs. Uh, you can also add things like, let me, like images, upload an image. You can resize it, you can move it. You can easily move it around so you don't have to copy-paste. Um, and you can also, we have some rich, so rich text extensions work. For example, if I want to make something appear on the next keystroke for my slides, I can create a slide fragment. Uh, let's now go back to the presentation. So you can make slides with it. And we're actually also um, using this editor now to edit the full site. So editing themes is actually how I got involved, how I got involved into WordPress and how I learned PHP and JavaScript. Um, but not everyone has the time or the, the patience or interest to do that, right? Um, this is a very simplified, but um, a theme template, a WordPress theme template would look something like this. You have some PHP and some uh, HTML tags. But why not let the user directly manip manipulate those blocks with a graphic user interface? Why not let the user edit the whole site? Why should it be reserved for people who know HTML or for people who want to code? This gives more power to the user, and the theme is reduced to a style sheet. In fact, it gets rid of PHP entirely for, for the templates, for templating. Um, so there's a reason we called it Gutenberg, and just like Gutenberg's printing press changed how book, book publishing works, we're hoping that uh, this editor changes how web publishing works. We want web publishing um, on the web to become accessible to everyone. We want you to be able to break out the walled gardens of the internet. We want you to be able to publish on your own server and to own your data. And I hope this project can help decentralize the web a bit again. WordPress is also translated in over 100 languages, and you can add your own. It has 38 million active installs. And these 38 million active installs are separate servers, so they're not owned by one company. So if you have questions, um, I'll be around later. And I'm on Twitter as Electrix without I. Um, I also work for Automatic, so if you're interested in all these things, uh, feel free to apply and work with us. And yeah, thanks for coming, and thanks you for having me.